Good morning, Prairie Street. Welcome to worship this morning. Bright, sunshiny day. As we come into this place, we come to worship God, who is a gathering God. And so I invite you to turn your hymnals to number six, as we remember who we are as God's people and what this space is that we are creating in our gathering here to welcome God's presence among us. Number six. from the psalm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all other gods. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Let us pray. God of all life, we thank you for the signs of your love that surround us, for sun and for warmth and all that comes to life within creation, for all that sleeps within the earth awaiting birth. We praise you for the wisdom of your care, water on the earth, sunlight on our spirits, hands on blinded eyes. Continue to touch us, reach out to us with compassion and forgiveness that we may receive your gifts and that we may know your love and grace and rise to new life in Christ Jesus. Amen. Turn in your hymnals to number 121, Holy God, we praise thy name, 121, and will you stand?
now and sing the story number 65, Abre Mis Ojos, and you may be seated. Number 65, and sing the story. And we'll sing Spanish on page 65, and when we flip over to verse 4, we'll sing in English and then back to Spanish. secrets of our inmost hearts. You desire truth in our inmost being. And so we open our hearts to you now. You see us as we are. Thank you that you are gracious and compassionate. Thank you that you love all that you have brought into being. And thank you that you bring healing and hope to all who turn to you. Jesus blessed his disciples in the upper room. He said, peace be with you. And again, peace, peace be with you. So now let us stand and exchange a greeting of peace, the peace that comes to us as a miracle of the Holy Spirit. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. the children or those who are children at heart to come up here for children's time. Have any of you ever bought something at the store? Yeah. How about have you ever received a gift? Yeah. Those are different things, right? Buying something at the store or receiving a gift. Yeah. We don't have to give 
anything to the gift giver to receive a gift. So, we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about gifts today. See, James has a picture of gifts up there. And this is a gift here. You can anticipate. The Bible says that um, wisdom is greater than rubies. Like rubies are a very valuable thing. And people paid a lot of money for them. But the Bible says that we search for wisdom like people look for something valuable. And the Bible says that God will give wisdom to anybody who asks. When you find a gift from God, the gift changes you. You don't have to do anything or be a certain way, but automatically receiving the gift from God changes you. And you'll find that you would do anything. You would give up everything you have for that gift. And having that gift becomes a joy to share with people in your community. And the community is a gift. Now, who is our community? This, this gift here is going to be like a picture about who our community is. We're going to start big. We're part of something called the global church. A globe is like a picture of the world. And we're part of something called the global church. And we are part of something called Mennonite World Conference. So, you want to help unwrap this gift with me? You want to help unwrap? What's going to be in there? There's a lot of things in there. Okay. So, Mennonite World Conference is part of something called Anabaptism. This is a prayer book that I got at Menohoff, which is a place that explains about the Anabaptist story. That's part of our community, being Anabaptist. So, watch out, this says, please handle with care, fragile, thank you. We don't want to, we don't want to break the gift, but we can always fix it, right? Okay, so what else is in here? There are some, there are some more communities that are here, we, we who are sitting here, some of us are part of something called Mennonite Mission Network, and that is also about the global church. They go all over the world to share gifts, and this, this basket represents an organization called Mennonite Church USA that we're a part of. That's the Mennonite church in our country. Let's pull some of these things out. This basket is called a blessing basket. That's from Ghana. Okay. Some of us are part of an organization called Mennonite Women USA. This is a book from them. That's part of our community. They like to, we like to share gifts with each other. Some of us here are part of a community that's in Elkhart called Anabaptist Mennonite Biblical Seminary. I brought this book because this picture is very, very much something you might see at the seminary. 
This book isn't from the seminary. And we are here this morning because we're in a community in this building. This building is Prairie Street Mennonite Church, right? This box I brought to represent Prairie Street. There's lots of wood this color here, right? Would uh, Nathaniel, would you like to open the box? Let's see what's in there. There's more, more gifts in here. Okay. All right. Do you want to open that one? Do you want to open this one? Do you want to open this one? Do you want to open this one? That one's kind of easy to see. The wrapping is see-through. Would you like to open this one? And... Would you like to open this one? Right. All of these, oh, Junia, you can keep opening that one. All of these things represent something about being given, being given a gift. This one, you can open that one. You can open this one. Exactly the right amount. All right, let's start with this one. This one is needles from the depot. The depot is part of an organization called Mennonite Central Committee. They also go around the world. And sometimes the gift that God gives us helps us do work. Jeanette opened a mirror. I inherited that mirror from my auntie. And sometimes the gift that God gives is inside us, and we recognize the gifts of God in faces. How about, what did you, what did you unwrap, Nathaniel? You all can share this one if you like. He unwrapped lollipops. And I brought those to represent that God's word is sweeter than honey. Um, we'll, we'll do that later, okay? Um, what did you unwrap, Twyla? Toys! <laughs> Sometimes the gifts God gives are really fun. How about, Junia, what did you unwrap? What's in there? Stickers. I remember a song from when I was a child about a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You all can share these too. Do you want some stickers? Silas, what have you got there? Do you know what's in there? He's got a film canister. Those are seeds in there. Those are seeds that grow food for chickens. For chickens. <laughs> for chickens. And um, I don't have a really good way of splitting those up, but your family can take those home. We, we already have more, more of those seeds at our house. How about, what did you unwrap, Avi? Some rocks. Yeah, the Bible talks about rocks a lot where people put a rock somewhere and they said, we're going to remember this great gift God has given us. And we'll see this gift for a long time because rocks last a long time. We're going to share these. These are rocks that I found at the Wellfield Botanical Garden here in our community of Elkhart. You can all pick one if you like. Alan, what did you unwrap? Let's spread that out. Let's spread that out. No, 
because this is just this is just like a tablecloth. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody? These are kind of like rocks. Does anybody know what these are? Tiny rocks. What color are they? Uh, red. Red. These, today we call these red sapphires. Yeah. Another name for red sapphires is rubies. Well, I brought them to share. You can have one. Would you like to pick one, Silas? Would you like to pick one? 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 Sure. Would you like to pick one? Would you like to pick one? All right. So what did I say about rubies at the beginning? Do you remember? Does anyone remember? I think it stuck in the grown-ups' minds because they were like, where is she going with this? I said, the Bible says, wisdom is greater than rubies. Now, when I had the idea to bring these last night, I had to search around my house. Where did I put those? Well, I found them. Yeah, you can have one. And I shared them. I decided to share them because I want you to know that this sharing... Sharing these fills me with joy because I want this to be a reminder to you that God's gifts are precious and you have God's gifts in your heart. Anytime that you have any need, you can ask God for wisdom and he will give you wisdom without, without hesitation. So if there are any grown-ups who want one of these later, I don't have enough for everyone. But God has wisdom for everyone. So, oh, it's on here. All right. Now, let's pass the basket around. We bring gifts to share with people in the church and who are some who are not in the church all around the world and you can touch the gift the basket to bless to bless it now before we go sit in our seats let's pray dear gracious god Thank you for all of the beautiful gifts and wonderful gifts that you give to us, your children. Thank you for this day, for the air that we're breathing, for the light that we can see. I pray that we are given your eyes, like we sang in the songs, and that you help us have open eyes to see the gifts all around us and to see people who we can share the gifts with. Thank you for our community, the gift of our community, and I pray that everyone here remembers God's wisdom is available at any time. Amen. The scripture reading for today comes from the letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 13 to 18. La escritura de hoy viene de la carta de los filipenses, capítulo 4, versículo 13 al 18. Todo lo puedo en Cristo que me fortalece. Sin embargo... Hicieron bien en practicar conmigo en mi tribulación. Y bien saben ustedes, hermanos filipenses, que al principio 
de la predicación del Evangelio cuando partí de Macedonia. Ninguna iglesia participó conmigo. En cuestiones de dar y recibir, sino solo ustedes, incluso a Tesalónica, una y otra vez ustedes me enviaron para cubrirme necesidades. No es que yo busque dádivas, lo que busco es que abunde fruto en la cuenta de ustedes. pero todo lo he recibido y tengo abundancia. Estoy lleno y he recibido de epafrodito lo que ustedes me enviaron. Sacrificio aceptable, de olor fragante y agradable a Dios. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. You Philippians indeed know that in the early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you alone. For even when I was in Thessalonica, You sent me help for my needs more than once. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that accumulates to your account. I have been paid in full and have more than enough. I am fully satisfied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. The word of the Lord. Esta es la palabra del Señor. Gracias a Dios. Now we will pray for our preacher this morning. Our preacher this morning is James Crable. James has been a member of Prairie Street for a very long time, and he's here this morning to talk to us about gifts. O oh Lord, almighty God, holy and heavenly Father, you are our creator and savior, our strength and our stay. We thank you, God, from the depths of our hearts that you have kindled within us this love and zeal to do your work. You have brought us together in one accord, but we confess, Father, that we are unable without your Holy Spirit, without the help, presence, and grace of your Holy Spirit. Therefore, we pray to you, Father, that you would at this time look upon us with your eyes, with mercy, and fulfill in us the promise of your son. Well, good morning, church. That was a little weak. Can I get a pulse? Good morning, church. <laughs> This is the building. This is the steeple. Open the door, and here are the people. Good morning, people of God. This is a good time for Prairie Street to think and talk about the church. Prairie Street is in transition, as we say. You would think that a people and a building who have been on this location for 150 years would not need to be in transition, that we would be a force uh, in our lives and in the community Uh, that is undisputed and is solid and Im immovable. But here we are in transition. And actually, the church is always in transition because we find ourselves in contexts that are constantly changing. 
And as we adapt to new circumstances, uh, we change as well. We have some people who are leaving us, have already left us, and we wish them Godspeed for the next chapter in their lives. We also have some new people, new faces in our congregation. Last week during Fellowship 15, I met a woman who said, during my time in Elkhart, I think I'm going to make Prairie Street my congregation. So welcome. We're in transition. Next Sunday, we're going to celebrate uh, two new pastors, people that we probably could not have imagined being candidates a year ago, and here we are. We're in transition in a new chapter in the life of the congregation. And we have a new mayor. I don't know if you knew that. A mayor who is not only a friend of Prairie Street, but is our neighbor. Um, he lives next to a house that was once the home of one of our pastors a hundred years ago. He lives next to another house of a guy who traveled around the world and eventually out of his experiences emerged Mennonite Board of Missions and Mennonite Mission Network. The new mayor probably doesn't know all that, but he has a vision for the city of Elkhart, and so do we. And the question is, can we partner with our new mayor and the new government to make a difference and seek the welfare of Elkhart together? So this is a good time to talk about the church. Um, I have randomly chosen one image of the church that I want to talk about a little bit today. But this is far from the only image that our society has of the church. Michael Gokin has written a book called The Light to the Nations, and he identifies eight diff or 12 different images that people in our culture have of the church. Now, my computer is also in transition, and it's not quite... Uh, set up right. I hope these images don't go scooting off the screen, but let's try this one. He says, some people think of the church as a mall with lots of shops and lots of opportunities to buy things. Um, that's probably largely true of bigger churches uh, in our neighborhoods. We might think of ourselves more as the Concord Mall with one pizza shop still standing. <laughs> but, but it is an image that some people have. Oh, incidentally, apparently that's coming under new management. So, you know, even Concord Mall is in transition. Some people think of the church as a food court. You know how that works. You go with your friends or family, and uh, when you get to the food court, you say, okay, let's just all split up because we're not going to the same places. We got the sushi people, we got the taco people, everybody splits up and we'll meet again somewhere and share our food. So options, options in food. Some people think of the church as a community center. We have a new community center that's underway not very far from here. I've actually heard people at Prairie Street say, you know, Tolson is so close. Prairie Street really should be the community center. You know, um, why aren't we doing what they're doing? Well, that's with an image of Prairie Street being the community center, and that would be a discussion to have. Is that our identity here at Prairie Street, or do we partner with people who are making community centers possible? Some people think of the church as a corporation with lots of committees, tight financial uh, accountability, a lot of meetings, a clear structure so you know exactly who does what. Some people think we have too many committees at Prairie Street, so we're, we need to tighten up the corporation uh, if that's your image of the church. Some people think of the church as a theater, uh, we're kind of set up that way, actually. 
for the entertainment of Sunday morning, whether it's worship or the sermon or whatever. Is that your image of the church, that you come as a spectator to take in some entertainment? Some people think of the church as a classroom. In many Asian languages, the name for the preacher actually is the teacher. So if the preacher is mostly a teacher, you, you come to church on Sunday expected to be instructed. And you're not a teacher, but the preacher is a teacher. So what does that say about leadership and what happens here in this space? Some people apparently think of the church as a hospital. We certainly experienced some of that in West Africa, where churches were often healing communities, where people would literally come and camp, and the leaders of the community were healers, and they would pray for you, and you could just live there until you were healed, prayed for until you were healed. Um, we all have sicknesses, of all kinds, and we hope to find healing in church. Some people think of the church as a spa. You come uh, with a lot of stress, you need rejuvenation. We actually rent a piece of this building to someone who does massage. Um, so we actually function a little bit this way. <laughs> But maybe you think of the church this way. You come for rejuvenation. You are worn out and stressed out. And related to that is that church should be like a motivational seminar. You need a boost. You need to come here so you can make it through Monday and Saturday to Saturday. And so you expect to be encouraged in what you do, given ideas as to how to do it better, uh, and be motivated for the week ahead. Some people see the church as a social service office, providing services to the community. Uh, people walk by. We don't know the half of what happens uh, for people who are in this building more than some of us, but people knocking on the door, asking for resources and services. And we offer some of that. We have a small fund that we can make available to certain people. We say English as a second language is an important thing to know, so we make that space available. We believe that teaching uh, music to small children is a great start in their lives, so we offer space for that to happen. Uh, these are services that the community wishes to have and we provide. As we prepare for later this year, you may think the church should be a campaign headquarters, but we would have trouble deciding which party to support, probably, um, because we have lots of opinions in the church about these things. But some churches take on that tone of supporting a particular candidate or a party. And the twelfth image is this one, uh, the church as a social advocacy group. I know some churches that spend their second hours writing letters to their senators or organizing for marches. Um, these are all ways that one could perceive the church. And it would be tempting to just stop here and turn to your neighbor and spend the rest of the time talking about whether any of those connect with you whether you think of the church in this way, or if you have three or four that really speak to you and you think the church should be. As we look at that list, though, we might also add, is there anything missing or troubling about these images? Well, uh, for one, I would say they largely leave the impression that the church is all about me. It is what I get out of the service. Am I sufficiently entertained? Are my needs being met? Am I receiving the therapy I need when I come to worship as I meet with other people? Uh, it's really focused on what I am getting out of this experience. And you've all had experiences 
of people who you're having a personal conversation with and they just talk and talk and talk and talk about themselves until you really wish you could run away. <laughs> and then they, you think it's coming to an end when they say, but enough about me. What do you think about me? <laughs> and then you're there for another round. Um, is that the way church is? Uh, is it about you and me acquiring and achieving certain things that help me in my daily life? And related to that is a second kind of issue. Um, there's nothing there really that describes how I am connected to others in the community of faith. So it's very individually driven. Not only just about meeting my needs, but whether or not I am being sensitive to anybody else's needs uh, as we live and do this journey together. And then there is a third issue. Um, whatever happened to Jesus? I haven't come up with that name yet when we think about how the church should think of itself. And that's why it's helpful to turn to the scriptures. Because interestingly, the scriptures mostly talk about the church in terms of images. So it isn't just our society that does that. The, the Bible does that. And we can't look at all of those, but I put up some of those earlier for you to be thinking about in the opening slide. There's the body of Christ as an image of the church. There is living stones in God's temple as an image for the church. There's the priesthood of all believers. What's the function of a priest? Well, in societies where priests function in a way they don't necessarily hear all the time, the priest represents the people in entering into God's presence and then returns from that presence back to the people to offer the grace that God has to offer. So the priest is an intermediary and usually is a selected person out of the group. But the New Testament in 1 Peter says we are a nation, a people of priests, a priesthood of all believers. So Jesus is our high priest and leads us into God's presence, but we participate with God's goodness in our neighborhoods, in our community, to come into God's presence when we worship together and to leave this place to impart the grace of God to those around us. We are a people of priests, a priesthood of all believers. And then there's the image of 2 Corinthians, that we are ambassadors of Christ's reconciliation. Does anybody recognize anybody in that picture? <laughs> this is a conference I went to uh, in Korea with her. Uh, can you imagine how happy she was to be with people from 80 nations talking about peace? She looks happy there. She was happy. And I had no idea her extended family was going to be here today. Uh, but anyway, there is Sarah, one of the members of our congregation, um, being part of a calling of God's people to be ambassadors together of Christ's reconciliation. So these are some of the images that we've been given from Scripture, which are not necessarily identical to the images from our society. Um, they do represent some answers to the questions I was raising. First of all, it is apparently not all about me. <laughs> it's about us. And I'm there, and you are there, but we are there together. So it is about the relationships that we have connected together. It's also about Jesus Christ either as our head or as the cornerstone, that little red stone down there in the corner, 
uh, as the one who is our high priest, as we are a priesthood of all believers, and it is Christ's reconciliation for which we are ambassadors. It is not something we cook up. This is the peace that comes through Jesus. And in fact, in that passage, uh, in Ephesians, it says Christ is our peace. And so that peace is the peace for which we are ambassadors. We could take the head off the body if you want to. Um, that's an interesting group of people, but maybe short-lived. And furthermore, not really the church, it's just a club. It's a group of people who get together and have fun and do stuff. But the church is Christ's body. So these are the images we've been given. Some of the images, there would be many more. And I thought today, because maybe you did or didn't know, we've been asked by our conference, Indiana-Michigan Conference, to give a special uh, shout out to our relationships uh, across Indiana and Michigan, uh, that thinking of the church as a mystery birthday gift with multiple boxes uh, stacked into one with a special prize in the middle, might be a way for us to think about that. And we saw during children's time the unraveling of that image uh, with multiple presents that come in this one big box. For us, the church is this multi-layered gift. The first and primary gift is Jesus Christ, who is the head of the Prairie Street body. That is the, the present that you keep digging and unwrapping for until you get to the main prize. Jesus as our central gift from God with everything his life and ministry, death and resurrection represent. And then we have these other boxes and gifts that surround that. As the local body of Christ, um, we also have citywide churches, Mennonites and others, We've worshiped with some of those this past summer. Um, and we have Indiana Michigan Conference, which is spread out over a bigger area than you might think. Uh, Indiana Michigan Conference has an interesting website and a, um, a revolving slideshow that shows all the different congregations of the conference. And they range from Upper Peninsula to, I think, into Kentucky and other places. What's that? Tennessee. Tennessee, right. So some of these are a long way away from us. I have had the privilege of worshiping and doing some preaching and stuff in some of the Upper Peninsula churches. And they always tell me, you guys down there in Goshen and Elkhart have no idea how far away we are. But when you say, oh, tomorrow night we're going to have a meeting, please show up, you have to realize that that's the distance between Elkhart and Lancaster, Pennsylvania for us. Uh, it's a long way away. We're a spread out conference. Uh, but these congregations are sharing with us in our multi-layered gift uh, for this region of God's world. And then we have a national church, Mennonite Church USA, with churches all across the country. Um, and widely different churches, some traditional rural churches, some urban churches with many nationalities speaking multiple languages, uh, and this is part of who we are as a national church. Um, and then as we heard during children's time, there's the global church, uh, both Mennonite and the Christian church, which makes up a third of the world's population. This is a relatively recent map of Mennonite World Conference with growing numbers of members in Africa, in parts of Asia and around the world with about two thirds of the Mennonite family um, now living in Africa, Asia and Latin America. So that's 
the new multi-layered gift <laughs> that we are becoming as we live into the growth of the church uh, around the world. And so when we gather, we think about those things, all of those things. Um, I've been particularly moved in recent weeks by reports from Burkina Faso and Nigeria and other places where, as our government is trying to tell us, we have smashed ISIS. But the fact of the matter is, ISIS has dispersed and is just now cropping up and strengthening in other parts of the world um, outside of Syria. In many countries like the Philippines or Burkina or Congo or Nigeria where we have Mennonite fellowships. So our family, extended family, is experiencing things in a different way. Uh, and um, when we gather, we think about that layer of the church as we worship. These are some of the images that we've been given in the scriptures. And we know that already from the early church, um, this kind of multi-layered existence happened. The passage for today was from Philippians, where Paul thanks this new church in Philippi for thinking beyond itself to the struggling mother church, interestingly, in Jerusalem, who was not having enough to eat and raising money for uh, people to buy food. Um, that is our calling as a historic church or a newer church to think beyond ourselves and to live into the multi-layered gift that God has provided for us. So this is a great time to be thinking about the church at Prairie Street. Um, it's an exciting time. We have the opportunity with the scriptures and the presence of the Holy Spirit to reimagine what we want to be uh, in the weeks and months and years ahead. And hopefully some of these images will help us to keep centered on the important things that the scripture tells us about the church. Let's just close with a word of prayer and then we're going to sing, Renew Your Church. Our gracious God, we thank you for this time of reflection from our culture, from the scriptures, as we think about being your people in this time and place. Um, it's easy to become discouraged and downcast about the realities of our world or our own situation, either personally or in the church. But we know that nothing will prevail against your church. And so we come to you and uh, place ourselves in your hands as your people and plead for your strength uh, and the capacity to be faithful until you return. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's turn to uh, 363, Renew Your Church, and sing together.
and brothers, go from this place knowing that you are loved. You are a beloved child of God. You are leaving this place with the Holy Spirit beside you and Jesus comforting you and the God of all being rooting for you. Go in peace. Thank you.